Stay angry that the government want to take all this from us. Stay angry that Highways England want to plough four lanes of HGB traffic through this. It will just be an environmental disaster. It will be an emotional disaster. It will be a mental health disaster. Any work that will disturb the cap on that site has the potential to release dioxins, asbestos fibres, polychlorinated biphenyls, chemicals that are proven to be carcinogenic or harmful to health. People are still unaware at just how severe and how detrimental the plans are. The amount of pollution that literally just killing people off. All the distress that continual traffic causes all the time, the noise, the particulates. So we've got to find a way to deal with this, but building another road is not the answer. Here in the park, Primrose Valley's long, it's about two and a half miles long, about half a mile wide, and we're pretty much halfway down near the running track. We're overlooking a beautiful wildflower meadow. We're overlooking people running around the track. These are just people that have just come down on their own accord. And we've got dog walkers, we've got the wind blowing in the trees. It's just heaven, absolute heaven. Welcome to the first episode of a series of podcasts about the fight to save Rimrose Valley Country Park in Sefton, Merseyside, which we've called We Said No. My name is Linda Gaskell, and I'm part of the campaign team for Rimrose Valley Friends. Over the next few episodes, we'll be looking at the history of the park, what it means to local people, and what the impact could be for the community, wildlife and wider area from the threat of a new four-lane highway proposal from Highways England. Situated on mostly reclaimed land, Rimrose Valley Country Park is about one mile away from the Port of Liverpool, run by Peel Ports, and provides a valuable and unique green oasis amongst what is otherwise a heavily populated and industrialised area. Approximately 90,000 people live within a one-mile radius of Rimrose Valley, communities ranking amongst the most and least deprived in the UK. Today, the park feels like it has been here forever, with abundant wildlife and mature trees. It's difficult to believe that back in the 1960s, much of this area was used as landfill, as local resident Ian Myers remembers. I've been living in Crosby all of my life, which is 65, 66 years now. As a child, it was a great place to uh, go and ride all over the landfill site on our bikes. But once the uh, development was allowed then and the trees were planted, and the, uh, it, it became a, a wonderful resource for walking, for exercise, and people using it, it's been fantastic compared to what it was when it was just a landfill site. And it was a landfill site before the duty of care regulations and all of the EC regulations, which probably won't exist very much longer, 
um, were uh, introduced to prevent the, the disposal of things like asbestos, transformer oils, uh, batteries, etc., etc. And and I can remember as a child there being, you know, evidence of this sort of material all over that site. Retired lorry driver John Wilson remembers working on the tip in the 1970s. When the tip was open for tipping, I had a little pickup, and I used to get people were getting the houses and revamp them, getting grants to do, put kitchens in them, stuff like that, and bathrooms, extensions on the back. And I, I used to be able to get tickets. You buy them legit, take loads and tip them onto the, uh, the tip head. And I'd go down with all the old bin wagons, used to go right to the end of the tip, shovel off what was on the back of my pickup, and then the big bulldozers would shovel over the edge. My name's Paulette Lappin. I'm uh, the Labour councillor for Ford Ward in Netherlands. The park's lovely. I've grown up with the park since I was a child, really, and I can remember it actually growing from what was, you know, a bit of a tip into an absolutely beautiful green space. And in many ways, uh, this much I know that it was down to a lot of the officers inside Sefton Council who were deeply committed to actually greening the area, and they've made an absolutely wonderful job of it, really. And it's, um, one would say, the only green lung in the middle of Bootle, quite frankly. It's the only place where you can actually look and you can see green and trees without any concrete or buildings in front of you. The park's reclamation began in 1993. The aim of Sefton Council was to improve the area as a recreational and educational resource for local people. Here's Councillor Paul Cummins. Well, we had a, a head of uh, our coast and countryside uh, uh, division within within Sefton, a gentleman called uh, Dave McAlevey, you won't mind me uh, using his, his name, who had a vision for the length and breadth of, of the park. Of course, even in those days, the council wasn't exactly uh, overloaded with, uh, with cash to d develop areas, and particularly for this sort of facility. But what he did was he, he ha had a map looking at various sections of the area and then devised a plan as to how he could get the resources to make it happen. So the funding to make the park a single park was made up in lots of small pieces of funding brought in when one piece of funding was, was promised then to generate more and so on and so on until it became the whole of the, the country park as we see it today. It's taken years for the park to get established and there were some antisocial problems along the way, as Cy Smith, the first chairman of the Friends Group, recollects. We moved to Waterloo because we needed a bigger house and we chose the house we now live in because it was so close to Rimrose Valley and we thought, you know, there's nowhere we'd love to live more so we can just visit whenever we want to and, you know, take our dog for walks. So having moved to Waterloo towards the end of 2014, New Year's Day 2015 was a pivotal point. And the reason is this, we entered Rimrose Valley. It was a beautiful, cold, crisp, sunny winter's day. And as we entered Rimrose Valley, people were leaving. 
and they told us not to go in. So I asked why, and they said because there are lads on scrambler bikes who are, uh, you know, sort of causing mayhem and upsetting people. So I made an appointment to see Paul Cummins, who is my local councillor. Paul explained to me that it's uh, it's a constant battle to deal with because from the council's point of view, they can't do anything without the police. And from the police point of view, it's a council matter. But what Paul said is what's really needed is a community group and a community group gets listened to. And as a community group, you can actually make things happen. So I chewed it over, chatted to people who I knew. We set up the very beginnings of the group. What was strange and unexpected was that a lot of people clearly wanted and needed there to be a group. It took off from there, really. And I think the, the scrambler bike and the antisocial issue was the driver for people. But what I quickly realised was that Rimrose Valley was far more than just a place to go for a bit of exercise and to walk your dog. Five communities surrounding Rimrose Valley from a diverse range of people, ranging from, in some parts, moderately affluent, through to other parts with abstract poverty. And Rimrose Valley created an opportunity to bring everybody together. It was far more, I was starting to learn, than just a green space. It was a community cohesion hub. We started our engagement with the police and the council and we saw tremendous things happening. So for every incident of scrambler bikes and antisocial behaviour, we would get dozens of people all phoning it through, which meant that it went to the top of the police's priorities and we got the priority response. And people learned for the first time that their voice could be heard. So that was extremely empowering for all of us to see this sort of engagement and the results were incredible. We saw an end that summer to the scrambler bike menace. Rimrose Valley Friends continue to support the community and improve the park through such things as organised nature walks and foraging sessions. More recently, sowing one of the largest wildflower meadows in the Liverpool region. Working with another community group to restore the running track back to its full eight lanes, which, once popular with locals and school children, had become overgrown and unusable over the years. Here's John Carragher from Marsh Lane Harriers. I only live in Kingsway and just thought about the track. It's been here for so long and it's, it's, it was in a bad state. So we thought it saves us all running on the roads. We can come here and use it. And we've got a couple of lads together now who've come down off their own back, free of charge, their own machines, and they're all here now doing it for us. First phase now will take probably today. So it'll be open tonight for people to run on and obviously tomorrow and stuff like that. But then we're going to try and do the rest of the track as soon as possible and then try and restore it fully. Yeah, my name's uh, Chris Murphy. I went to school at Chesterfield Annex uh, for its last year before it got demolished. And we regularly use the facilities. I can remember the track how it used to be. Uh, eight lanes with the steeple chase down the bottom, the long jump pit over there. And yeah, we, we used it all the time. I've run all my life. I was a bit apprehensive, the amount of people who've got in touch 
to say how excited they are and how fondly they remember it. I thought there was a bit of pressure on the lads here, but they've done really well so far. It's come up really well. Crosby needs a facility like this. It, obviously, it's good for local residents, but it's also good for the local area. Uh, it's a big tick against the road. Since the lockdown begun, a lot of people have been getting into running, and the track's been very popular. It's been hard to get on here, so obviously now it's widened and improved. Uh, more people will be using it. It's all good, yeah. It's Michael Powell, coach of the Marseille Alias. I, I run for, for years. I've been running up and down the dock road because that's like the least traffic. But you're choking yourself to death, and it's just here you've got the flowers, the trees, it's natural, it's what you need to be doing. You don't need, you, you're on the dock road, breathing in, fumes off, a hundred wagons going down here, and it's just not enjoyable, it's not good. I've got three children, two young girls and a baby boy. Uh, we come here regularly uh, on our bikes, walks, uh, it's a facility, you know, it's great. Big green lung in the middle of a you know, pretty built-up area. It's beautiful. And as from a runner's point of view, you couldn't really pick anywhere better to run. The park has never looked better, and post-lockdown, never more appreciated. But what about the future? In our next episode, we get to the heart of the community's fight to save the park from Highways England's plans to bulldoze it by constructing a dual carriageway along its entire length. We'll look at where these proposals came from, who aims to benefit, and who will be directly impacted if it goes ahead. These post-COVID-19 times are an opportunity for positive change that respects the health and well-being of people within all communities. Let's make a start now. The We Said No podcast was created by the Friends Working Group, namely Tim Brunson, Janet McNulty, Sue Sinclair, Matt Donegan, James Kelly, Gavin Trafford, Gary Young, Stuart Bennett and myself, Linda Gaskell. Our music is composed and created by The Reeds. Special thanks to Ian Myers, John Wilson, Councillor Paulette Lappin, Councillor Paul Cummins, John Carragher, Cy Smith, Chris Murphy, Michael Powell, who all featured in this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Rimrose Valley, and we are also on Instagram and Facebook. Keep up to date by subscribing wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to find out more information, get involved or support our campaign, please go to saverimrosevalley.org or search for Savour in Rose Valley on social media. <laughs> <laughs>